0: Welcome back to Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And uh, if you listened to last week's episode, um, I have come back from uh, the Capic One expedition uh, through the Atacama Desert. Uh, We did a whole episode about it last week. And it was honestly such a big, surreal experience. Um, I'm taking another week or so to kind of collect my thoughts about it and then we're going to uh, to put out an episode uh, about that whole entire experience and the people we met along the way and and just all of that because I want to share actually I mean selfishly I kind of want to just have a recording of you know where my thoughts are after you know after a week in one of the wildest places I've ever personally been in. So um, so we'll be back to that kind of story and that kind of idea next week. Um, but this week, I am very honored to be joined uh, with uh, an incredible ultra runner, Dreama Walton. Uh, Dreama is the focus and the subject of a new film that i was lucky enough to be able to see uh it's called dream a team and it's kind of about her journey uh to race western states um but that's kind of like the overarching kind of event that's going on but really the story is about her life and the challenges she's faced and how she has um kind of used those challenges to push herself through adventure and altering and what she's discovered about herself along the way. Um I know I mentioned it in the episode, but I'm going to say it here. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about the film was that it they were able to do kind of like a visual representation of kind of the mental journey during uh an ultra endurance event. Um you know, it's it and that's really hard to do because I think so much of uh you know the representation of ultra running is through the physical and through us kind of witnessing as an outside perspective of people pushing themselves um and yet having done some of the events you know uh and for those out there who have done these big endurance events i think so much of the actual journey is internal and it's mental and it's emotional and it's processing your life in through a different lens while you're (laughs) while you're completely exhausted and broken and and all of that and it's such a weird trippy experience and i thought they did a really wonderful job capturing that in this film so when you get a chance to watch it uh highly 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 recommended um And you can kind of follow their film's journey, and I'll put all those links in the show note, um, and we'll talk about them towards the end of the podcast. But let's get into it. This is an exciting uh, episode for me, and this is a wonderful conversation with the awesome and amazing Dreama Walton. Click record, and then you have to click a button or something.
1: Okay, got it.
0: And then Dreama, can you just say your name so I can make sure I don't mess it up? I don't think I will, but.
1: Dreama Walton.
0: Perfect. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so honored today to be joined with uh, an amazing ultra runner and also kind of the star, not kind of, you are the star of a brand new film called Dreama Team. Um, I'm here with Dreama Walton and yeah, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for
0: having me. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to watch Dream a Team uh, in Breckenridge at the Breckenridge (laughs) Film Festival. And I went there. Uh, My wife and I watched it and one of my best friends and we all absolutely loved the movie. So first of all, I just want to say a huge congrats because I know that is not like an easy task to do is like finish and create a movie. Um. So yeah, and it was awesome, and I want to hear all about it and hear about filming and all that stuff today. So, uh, yes, yeah. 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 What? What? Um. I've. Well, wonder- I
1: mean, first of all, like the credit goes to the filmmakers <laughs> because they did the hard the hard work. Um, and that's Chad Weber and Steve Vanderheide. Yeah. Um. So the credit for completing it goes to them.
0: And they were there at the. They um, were because we unfortunately we we had to leave before the q a part Mm -hmm. because we were doing our screening like right after in a different spot and so i didn't get to hear him talk and i didn't get to hear you talk so um i was just like i'm gonna reach out and we'll do our own q a right now (laughs) Um, i do want to hear just right off the bat and we can go into all sorts of different parts of your story and things like that but like Mm -hmm. as it pertains to just the film like What was the kind of genesis of the idea or the like inspiration for it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it came about, um, through one of my sponsors, he introduced me to two filmmakers that live in the Denver area. Okay. And, um, initially when they, you know, approached me and we started talking, it was maybe going to be like a 10 to 12 minute short film. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, they thought it might be about my ultra running, and you know, maybe like my why, and and it and, it, and that's what you know it basically is about. It's sort of um, maybe like why I choose to do hard things and my perspective on doing hard things and difficult things, um, and yeah, running the Western States 100. So they kind of tell two stories and. It's almost like two stories told in one documentary, Um, both me running the Western States 100 in uh, 2021 and um, my why, like the reason why I choose to do difficult things. And it kind of, you know, goes into my past and my upbringing and the um, struggles I had, you know, as a child and teenager. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think to me that's always the part that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm watching a film or like an adventure film, like I want to know what the person is gaining from the experience and how they're bringing that into their lives, you know? Yeah. That's like yeah. the part that I'm personally fascinated by. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's it's always interesting to me cuz I I think everyone has their own reasons and Mm -hmm. everyone has their own like things they're exploring out there and yet there are a lot of commonalities that you find Mm -hmm. when you dig a little deeper you know
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and so for you like it was obviously like in and you can talk about as much as you want to talk about Mm -hmm. because i know Mm -hmm. we want people to go watch the film sure <laughs> you know sure, yeah <laughs> um, and but but like the obstacles along the way like can you kind of like just give us somewhat of an idea of like what you were facing as you have gone through your life
1: yeah i mean um so when i was four <laughs> we're going way back uh my youngest sister was born and she was born with spina bifida yeah um so there were three of us three children um I was the oldest I had a middle sister I have a middle sister and um my youngest sister Desiree um I at a really early age started helping my mom take care of her um I knew how to how to catheterize her and um feed her through a g-tube and and Yeah. yeah just care for her um at a really early age and when I turned 11 my mom left, um, I'm yeah, she, she left and I ended up having to kind of take the role of being the mom. Yeah. And so, um, my father worked during the day and we did have nursing, but the nursing ended at 3 30 PM. And so when I would come home from school, that would be my time to, um, take care of her while my dad went and worked. Yeah. And so I did that um yeah from 11 until my I ended up getting a stepmother who was very abusive. Um did not like any of us um my dad's children. And um she ended up moving my little sister into a foster home and yeah. I was 16 at the time. Um and so I no longer, you know, was caring for my little sister after school and um and that's sort of how I found running is because I yeah I wanted to play a sport but I wasn't really going to be good at any ball sport at 16 yeah like all my friends had been playing for years so um I just that's how I found running and so and so yeah that it it's sort of my my why my um what brought me to the sport in you know a roundabout way but also um kind of what keeps me going at times um when things get difficult i think about my sister never had the opportunity to walk yeah let alone run and i i get that and so i remind myself that it really is a privilege to be able to move my body the way that i move
0: yeah and it kind of like helps in those i have to imagine in the like really difficult moments like an ultra run like to just have some perspective you know Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. for sure yeah yeah I, I, i mean i think about her you know like just how much she wanted to be able to be normal like how much she wanted to be normal to be able to move her body and she just never, you know, it was yeah. never going to happen for her. And so, yeah, I think about it often when I'm in those dark places in an ultra.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was kind of curious about, like, through this process of the film and, and being very open and raw and authentic yeah. about your experiences, like, has it, how is your relationship with being able to talk about this stuff? How has that
1: evolved through this experience? It has improved. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I used to have a lot of shame and guilt around, um, just around my upbringing and my family. And maybe I didn't feel like I wanted to talk about it because I didn't really want people to know all of the bad things about me or about my life. But um, what I found in this process is, that I'm able to connect with people on a really beautiful level. Um, And I'm grateful that the filmmakers have given me this platform to share my story because through this whole process, the thing that I've loved the most is like people coming up to me afterward and just, I mean, sometimes crying, giving me hugs, sharing their stories and just feeling like they're, They're they're able to because I've been vulnerable in telling my story that after, you know, they all feel, yeah, uh, able to come up and talk to me about theirs.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a catharsis thing where like, where like, even like, for me, it's just like you see someone that raw talking about their experiences, and it gives you permission, like it opens yeah. up the permission for for someone else to come up and say, you know, this is these are the obstacles I've had in my life, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a powerful thing, because, you know, everybody has obstacles. Exactly. and So often, for whatever reason, and that, you know, I work with young like teenagers mm-hmm. and so I see it every day mm-hmm. they push those obstacles down and I think it's like a defense mechanism a little bit because yeah. sometimes it's so hard and like that's just a way to power through at that time mm-hmm. but then when you get a little bit older and you realize like oh if I can just share about this like it's gonna yeah it's gonna
1: help me out you know? absolutely yeah for sure um yeah and I think being vulnerable yeah. is hard and it yeah. And it has been hard for me, um, up until this process, it's definitely improving and I'm able to talk about it more and I just feel more comfortable sharing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's one of the best things about having a documentary that. Is sharing my story (laughs) well and i i don't know
0: we found it interesting as like from the filmmaker side and talking Mm -hmm. to some of my friends who we were featuring it was just like was it weird to put words to how you're feeling because you're doing an ultra race and you're feeling certain ways and you're thinking certain things Mm -hmm. but you never have anyone at the end like and then in that moment, how are you feeling? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just it has to be weird. Like, can you kind of talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Do you mean like the interview after? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I had been awake for what thirty hours. I mean, after, I don't yeah. know, yeah. Uh, twenty at least twenty eight. Um, because I woke up at four that morning. So yeah, uh, I had been awake, you know, all day and night and into the next morning. So I felt like when they were interviewing me, I wasn't making a whole lot of sense.
0: <laughs> They're Which just is like, this funny. is gold. This is gold. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, you know, I, I don't know how many ultras you've ran, but like, or your audience has run, but you definitely go through like periods where you're not really thinking of anything. Yeah. Or maybe you're thinking of one thing and it's kind of repetitive. Like you'll just keep thinking about the same thing over yes. and over. Yeah. Um you know, and yeah, and sometimes you're drawing on what brings you motivation and and I did, yeah, for sure. I had all of that during the race. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, I think and some other races some, as
0: well. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I think something that your film did that I haven't seen in in, in a movie about like ultra running mm-hmm. or adventure before that I I thought was really really awesome that you all did this was you had these like interstitials uh, where it was like an interpretation of what was going on in your mind, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, you, you cut to. And, and I thought that was really interesting because so often, like I said, I think that's where the inner battle happens in an mm-hmm. ultra. And mm-hmm. you guys had a really good way of showing that, you know, yeah. like when I think there were parts where you would be in Western states and in a hard moment and then it cut to you. And then it would kind of be like you're running through a neighborhood and you'd see like these pictures of like these memories mm-hmm. like flying at you. And I was I like love that. I loved that because I was like, Me that, too. <laughs> "That's the representation of like of what you really are thinking about in these right. moments, you know." Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that was so beautiful and creative of the filmmakers um, to do that. Uh, yeah. I do you know
0: that. how they came up with that idea? Did they run it by you or anything? Like,
1: no, no. I mean, they initially when we, um, yeah. I mean, I will say, okay, they did run the part where they. They had this idea very early on of they called it Dreamer's World, and <laughs> it, and it yes. was like a concept of um, getting into my mind. You know, yeah. what what do I think about? And I've ran enough ultras that I was able to convey that to them even before the race. Yeah, you know, because I have ran other hundreds and I have ran other hard races. I kind of know what I think about. You know, at times. Um, and like the the motivations that I draw on. So they um they had this idea of Dream's world and they that part they did, you know, kind of explain that they had they had this idea and this is what they wanted to do. And the way that they did that, that was prior to me running Western states okay. and everything. They um kind of borrowed a church and like rented out a church and um they made it really dark and yeah yeah and then they you know they told me like think about think about things that you know in your past that are kind of sad. think about your little sister and yeah. like the, those dark moments and then they would have me, okay, now think about something really happy and you know what like what think about Addie, you know and like you and Addie doing things together. so um that's how they were able to get that piece yeah and and i would say out of it all that was probably the only acting if you could call it acting um that that we did
0: yeah yeah Yeah, but acting but also drawing like they're like drawing drawing on your real experiences right 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 yeah that's that is fascinating at any point where you like is this gonna be some strange (laughs) like (laughs) new therapy that i'm getting
1: (laughs) no i really like i didn't understand i mean they really didn't understand like how it was um going to end yeah you know so we kind of went into it with like let's just see what happens and yeah
0: that's the exciting part though i think especially about a documentary is you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to end or how you're going to tell the story. And um, you can have great ideas like that, like obviously Mm -hmm. an awesome idea and then figure out the best way to like introduce it into the the final product and stuff.
1: Yeah. I think um, one thing Chad and Steve really, um, one of their things that they want to focus on is like sharing positivity. Yeah. And I think they, I think they saw that in me you know early on that like yeah like I have had a lot of struggle I have had a lot of you know things happen adversities but I I, I always see the positive in the end you know and I stay positive and I like yeah. to share that with others too so yeah. I think that was something that we shared the filmmakers and myself just yeah. staying positive you know well and,
0: and ultimately being like we want a positive movie no matter what happens at western states we yeah want, <laughs> we want the feeling of this thing to be right. people to leave with like a positive feeling and yeah and being inspired you know and being
1: mm-hmm.
0: being inspired to overcome obstacles and and take mm-hmm. on the world as best they can you know
1: yeah for um,
0: sure did they have any like do do they have background in ultra running or was this kind of like a eye-opening experience for them
1: Totally eye-opening, which I think is also one of the reasons it is the way that it is. Um, Without giving too much away, like, yeah, they really dive into what ultra running is and, you know, why people do it. Um, But prior to meeting me, they had never really heard of it. (laughs) They were like, wait, yeah, Yeah. like, they were like, what? Like, you, (laughs) why would you run that, (laughs) you know, like, they were just really yeah they learned a lot um which i think is pretty cool too uh in a way i've been able to introduce the sport to them and you know who knows what the future yeah
0: yeah. yeah when they were at western states filming you i mean i know you were in the in the middle of it like mm-hmm. as the athlete yeah yeah you know you probably weren't giving energy away to notice how they were feeling but like right when you're coming into an aid station and it might not be going great
1: and Mm -hmm.
0: people, they're probably surrounded by people looking rough, not just you, but they probably see a whole bunch of people coming in looking beat up and tired and all that stuff. Like, are they just like, what is going, like, are they in shock? Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure. And I thought, what I thought was really funny was, um, you know, they had been awake like just as long as I had right? for the most part. I think they took little naps, but maybe not. Um, but I, I just remember after, like, after they interviewed me, I was still hanging out with my friends, like sitting in the chair under the tents and they were like passed out on the grass. (laughs) 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 I think it was like the longest they had stayed awake at one time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. Well, um, I want to kind of hear just like. And I know you you get into it in the movie, but where did you first hear about ultra running? Like you mentioned that you joined the track team, the cross country team.
1: Yeah.
0: But where did you hear about like running ultras?
1: Mm-hmm. So I was living in Germany. Okay. I, I lived in Germany from 2009 to 2017. And I was doing all of my runs on trails. I was very, I was like... I love trails like you know I've always loved being on the dirt rather than the pavement yeah but I was 29 and I decided that I wanted to run my first marathon before I turned 30 so I signed up for the Athens 25th 100th anniversary of the marathon Yeah. yeah and I went over ran the marathon and I was like what I finished it you know and I like literally I had know no coach or anything i ripped a page out of runner's world and followed that plan (laughs) like you know that trading plan and it worked like i i finished the marathon um but i i was like yeah i want to do trails so i literally went back to the hotel room and i looked for a trail run uh, you know an ultra that was far enough out and kind of close to home and so um I found the Davos uh Swiss Alpine 78K. Okay. And that was about six months out from the Athens marathon. So I picked it, I signed up for it, and then I just trained. <laughs> like yeah. I just ran. Like I I kept the fitness for my marathon run, you know, training for the marathon. And um yeah, I just uh signed up for that and trained and ran it and i had been following like lizzie hawker um killian was like brand new into the sport and i just thought wow like he's so you know he's so incredible like i found a lot of inspiration in him um emily as well and uh yeah so i i was like definitely before running my first ultra, I was like, really like kind of nerding out on it. <laughs> that
0: is, that tends to be what happens. Cause you're just yeah. like, I mean, and I'm still kind of fascinated, by i like, dude, it is wild what people can do, I, I know. you know, especially the, I mean, just anybody like being able to just power their way through some of these things. Do you like, <laughs> yeah. do you remember like in that first one. I don't know do you remember how it felt or how you oh, yeah. you know was it was it as rough as i can imagine you know because i remember even like doing my first 50k i just remember when yeah. my feet like it was just a pain i had never <laughs> it's a pain that you get yeah. in ultra running but it's For a pain sure. i had never felt before it was like my, yeah. my feet in my joints and like my, everything my, yeah everything yeah everything you remember that
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah and i just i also remember the the climbs were like they were big you know Yeah, davos isn't a flat town and we're like in the mountains. so yeah it was uh it, i just remember like how the climbs were so hard and then uh i remember getting up to like the highest point of the race and i had sausage fingers oh no
0: yeah and i was like what
1: is going on that had never happened before and i like stopped for soup and uh and you know i was like to the aid station i was like is this okay like should i be concerned they're like no no you're fine just go down i was like okay
0: (laughs) that's nice at least they weren't like we need those sausage fingers for our soup (laughs) we're gonna throw them in here
1: uh
0: um yeah that's wild so you finished that and then were you instantly hooked or yeah
1: after that I pretty much I mean I did a few other marathons just because like I had friends doing them and yeah like the Paris marathon and Prague and yeah a few others Luxembourg um but I uh definitely was doing like all my training on trail and I was looking for more trail runs so I found yeah I think I did after Davos. I went over and I did Trans Gran Canaria.
0: OK. hmm.
1: Yeah, it was one hundred and twenty three K. I think at the time because they changed that course all the time. Yeah. Like they changed the route. So um, that year, I think it was one hundred and twenty three K. And then, yeah, I just I finished it. And then I went back the next year and I did. I finished in I think I placed seventh and I was like, oh, OK, I'm ready.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i mean not bad uh and then i ran tds and dnf because i had hypothermia and Ooh, just yeah. i was so new to the sport that i i didn't really know all the like like this sounds stupid now but uh i didn't know to put like my dry clothes in a dry bag i thought my solomon pack that i was wearing would keep everything dry yeah <laughs> was not the case so yeah. i get to like um one of the aid stations really up high something rosa and i stopped because it was raining like all day i stopped at the age station to put on my dry clothes realized <laughs> they were all wet and then i got so cold i just couldn't warm back up, yeah but. yeah so i dnf that one but then i went back the next year and i also placed seventh so nice
0: <laughs> yeah seventh is
1: like my lucky number <laughs>
0: <laughs> um wow so what what was it that like I mean, have you been able to figure this out? Because I don't know if I've been able to figure it out, but like, what was it that kind of hooked you? Was there anything specific or was it like a whole bunch of different things?
1: I think it's a whole bunch of different things, but I really just love like pushing the limits of myself. I mean, I know everybody has different limits and then realizing like, oh, wait, what I thought was a limit actually isn't like keep pushing and testing that you know i just i find that fascinating yeah and to be able to when everything in your body is telling you to stop everything yeah. is hurting you know from your neck because you're carrying a pack and maybe swinging your arms or carrying poles down to your feet and then your brain is strong enough yeah to say no you got a little bit more in you keep going and that part is just really intriguing to me
0: yeah yeah Yeah. no i mean that's the thing i it is fascinating because then you find you find that you're able to do something and then you're like well i guess that wasn't my limit so i'm gonna try something else and then you're like well i guess i'm gonna try something else and then (laughs) exactly yeah yeah that's an amazing part of it um i and eventually like leading to You know you doing western states and beyond at this point Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i do have to ask that was in 2021 Mm -hmm. since then like what have you been besides because i know yeah it takes a while and i'm sure they were still asking you for interviews and no they were really they they were
1: done wow they were done
0: nice okay
1: yeah i mean they did their own they they got together and did some filming like at a school yeah yeah. I mean that school the color scheme and everything matched my high school like it was they were incredible yeah like and yeah so anyway um
0: that tends to be what happens because they just never (laughs) update our schools so
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so I I interrupted you I mean you didn't want to ask about (laughs) the school oh no (laughs) no but
0: I think that's interesting Yeah, yeah for sure but what yeah. what were you up to? What have you done? Oh up to yeah,
1: so I ran the Never Summer Hundred K last year. Okay, I summited a couple of peaks. I did um, um, Mount Whitney. Okay, and I, um, yeah, I summited a bunch of peaks, and then. I ran like Broken Arrow Sky Race. Um, this year, I also ran Broken Arrow Sky Race. And then in July, I ran um, High Lonesome.
0: Oh, nice. One hundred. How, how did that go?
1: It was great. Oh, such a beautiful course and tough. Yeah. I hear it it's awesome. super tough.
0: I hear that's, yeah. the, that's like the number one adjective people use yeah, to describe it. Yeah, it
1: was tough. And I loved it. I actually went in it into it like thinking that I wasn't really trained well enough. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of, yeah, doubt. And I was just like, well, I'm, you know, I'm signed up. I'm not going to, you know, drop out before I get yeah. the opportunity to start. So I'll just start and see what happens. And it went really well. I think because I went out conservatively, um, yeah. it just went really well for me. I, I mean... Of course, you're like power hiking the climbs, but on the runnable sections, I was running. Yeah. Even in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then I picked up Annie. She was my pacer, Annie Hughes. Okay. Um, She was my pacer for the last 33 miles. And she and I just had so much fun. I love her. And I had paced her at Hard Rock the weekend before. Yeah. So like she was returning the favor and like recovering, but she was <laughs> able to like do it. So. It helped having her because i i didn't want to complain too much because she had just ran hard rock (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so i was like can't complain to annie because (laughs) she's running 33 miles with me after
0: hard rock um, that's awesome well i did it leads to like something i did want to ask because i thought one of the like when i'm thinking about like the the actual like ultra running part of your Mm -hmm. movie um, one of the parts that I thought was really cool and really stuck out was the conversation between your pacers and uh-huh. you're coming into an aid station, but you're like way off in the distance. Right. And your pacer comes in and is talking to like, you know, he's going to hand the baton off to your next <laughs> pacer basically. And yeah. the baton is you, he's going to hand <laughs> yeah. you off. And, uh, and, and um, but we get to see like a whole conversation that they have. Yeah. about how you're feeling and and what you need to do and it's it's the conversation that you witness if you're at like an ultra and you're with a crew and stuff yeah. but i i haven't seen a lot of those like represented on film and True. so i wanted to hear your thoughts on it but also like it's kind <laughs> of funny because they're talking about you and you have this whole conversation I know. <laughs> Where they're you're not there, you know. Right.
1: I know. Well, I didn't know that that went on until I watched it for the first time. <laughs> and so I recorded it. Yeah. And I sent it to Ryan, my the first pacer, and I was like, oh, talking shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I guess. But it's yeah. all good. Uh yeah. he um he was like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that was in there. <laughs> but I think you know I think it was real like that was and so I I love you know I loved it in the end it's like yeah you know people are gonna tell you know the people in the crew or you guys are gonna talk about the runner and say yeah that maybe they're not looking that great but then when the runner comes in you're gonna be like oh you're looking amazing good job (laughs) like you know but behind the scenes like you're gonna talk real talk and you know and that might be that they're not doing that great and maybe they are sabotaging their own race. And and that's sort of, you know, I think what his concern was is I wasn't eating enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And well, but it's interesting because I'm like, you want people to be that direct with Mm -hmm. well, at least with each other. And then you kind of also want them to be motivational to you. And just Mm -hmm. it's this weird like I have to figure out how to motivate this person. Yeah, in this for sure you know for sure well,
1: yeah and i mean he he you know i i didn't want to complain a whole lot and and it was kind of you know without telling too much like it was the beginning of me starting to feel really really bad yeah. when i was running with him so like yeah i didn't complain to him and i didn't really tell him like what was going on but i was starting to feel really bad yeah um both in my feet and just you know in general in general and in the mind as well yeah yeah because once your body starts to go like it's really easy for then your mind you know that but and that's where ultra running is so unique and fascinating because like that is why we do it yeah like we don't do it because it's easy we do it to get into those dark places and then figure out how to get out of them
0: exactly yeah no and and i i want to hear a little bit uh, but i don't want a spoiler alert how do i do <laughs> all right so i just want to hear a little bit so obviously like a big part of of your story in your life is that you're a mom and i'm mm-hmm. seeing pictures behind you kids oh yeah pictures <laughs> uh which are awesome but um i and and obviously that's a big part of your motivation and things like mm-hmm. that so i, w- I just want to hear about balancing mom life with uh doing ultra runs and western yeah. states and all of that yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm in a situation where I am co-parenting. Yeah. So I have her every other week. Um, which means that on the weeks I don't have her, I try to run as much as I can and I really try to up my mileage. And then the weeks that I do have her, it's all about her. And I will only run like While she's at school, or sometimes I get creative if she's doing an after school program, like dance, which I can't be in there watching anyway. All the moms are usually like sitting out in the lobby. I'll go get my run in, come back and meet her when she's, you know, out of class. So I'm Um, totally
0: doing that. I'm totally on that program soon because our kids dance is exactly the same way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like you go out there and everybody's just on their phones, like sitting down, like wasting an hour. Yes. This is where I'm going to get it in. That
0: was my like hour of like, I mean, many, there was many, many hours, but that was like (laughs) a free hour every week when we were figuring out how to tell the story of our movie. And Uh I was like, I'm going to utilize dance. And then I was joking. Yes. I'm like, we need to put this dance studio in the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but,
1: oh, That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, that that's what I do. Like I feel like I have a strong enough base that I can get away with it. I mean, yeah. if I were maybe a new runner starting up, maybe that wouldn't be the best scenario um, because you do, you know, you do need to get a strong base like yeah. a strong foundation before, you know, you can do what I'm doing. But, you know, it works for me. Um, and yeah, maybe I'm not running my fastest, you know, when I'm racing, but I'm happy with. Yeah. yeah. It's balanced for me, you know, like I want to be an amazing mom to my daughter. And so for that, you know, every other week when I'm with her. I just make it all about her she's in piano she's in dance yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
0: that's awesome well and also just what (laughs) does it mean to have her there like when you're Uh, doing an event
1: yeah i love i it's incredible i love sharing it with her i mean for a while she wasn't that into it and um you know i i don't really like talk about it when we're together we, yeah. we talk about other things right like but she knows that I do it and now that the documentary has come out she's like oh my mom's an ultra runner and I'll hear her <laughs> tell people she's like my mom can run a hundred miles <laughs> and I'm like oh I didn't think you were like that into it but okay <laughs> yeah. and like you know I it, it's hard for me sometimes to get her out on a hike so um I have to be creative and invite her friends and once i invite her friends then she wants to go and
0: that's and, the big thing with hiking yeah, is like yeah. total peer pressure thing totally. for kids you know if their friends <laughs> yeah. are out there doing it yeah. they're like all right sure. this is cool. i know
1: i know and then one day somebody was like oh when are you going to run 100 miles and she was like one day
0: like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. that's sweet yeah
1: <laughs> so i don't like i don't talk to her about it you know because like i said we just have other things that we talk about and do um but i think it's cool that she's starting to you know not hate it or (laughs) like not find it boring or yeah you know she's seeing that there's value in it
0: totally and i think it's cool like when kids are at the races like Mm -hmm. they get to spend most of the day outside you know, right. I'm just yeah. like, what a what a good excuse to I spend the day outside in a pretty location and just hang out mm-hmm. and watch people like do really hard things. Like maybe yeah. they can't comprehend what a hundred miles actually is, Yeah, you know, but there's, they can comprehend that, Hey, I'm watching a lot of people do some hard stuff and struggle yeah. and, and keep going and things like that. And that's like yeah. super motivational to me. Like, I yeah. think that's really cool.
1: I agree. I think also just exposing them to that, even if it isn't something that they're interested in. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of value in that. Like, I mean, we talk about it. She and I, we talk about it with her piano. I'm like, well, just like with my running, if I want to be good at running, I have to run. Yeah. If you want to be good at piano, you have to play piano. And I know yeah. you don't want to practice every day, but this is what you have to do if you want to be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, sometimes I'll bring up my running when it comes to things like that, just to show her like, yeah, like
0: the I don't,
1: Yeah. Like I don't always want to go out and run, but if I want to be, you know, if I want to better myself and if I want to be able to do the things I set the goals that I set for myself, then I have to go out yeah. and practice and train.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they'll kind of like, well, one of the last things i wanted to touch touch on here mm-hmm. and i think your film gets to it a little bit but um the like i want to hear a little bit about your military career
1: oh yeah um okay. i
0: i know that was probably like a big part and just reading a couple interviews um before doing the podcast here mm-hmm. uh i know it kind of opened up your world to like world travel and stuff like mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. can you kind of like just talk about what that experience was like and and how that's kind of like helped form you, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, the air force changed my life. Yeah. Like it literally changed my life. It was the best decision I've ever made for myself. And I'm so grateful for that time in my life. Um, it allowed me to get out of the environment that I was living in It allowed me to better myself. Uh, eventually, you know, it allowed me to get my, you know, Uh, my bachelor's in IT and so um, yeah it just it did it opened up a whole world for me Um, and I know that like military isn't for everyone but it definitely can be everything for some people and um, for me you know I joined a little bit out of high school Um, I chose a job that I thought would keep me safe and You know, I would be working in an office and I would just get to go to school in the evenings. Um, But I got to my first duty station, and like three months later, I deployed to Baghdad, Iraq. So I got stationed in the green zone. Um, I inventoried Uday Hussein's personal belongings. So Saddam had a son named Uday and a son named Kuse. We um, blew up his palace and I ended up inventorying all of his personal stuff so I had pictures of everything that was like salvageable yeah um which was really just a unique experience to like hold his items you know like (laughs) yeah um but I also got to work on women's issues while I was over there which was really um eye-opening and I felt like I was contributing to yeah. You know, something really positive. Um I got to travel all around the country. I went to Sulaymaniyah, Halabja, um all over Baghdad, Babylon. So I got to see a lot.
0: Um
1: yeah. and I, you know, I actually was only supposed to be over there for 4 months. <laughs> and um I extended for 2 more because I was just enjoying the work and I felt like it was a little bit better than going back to my duty station which was in montgomery alabama yeah and i just <laughs> i just wanted to yeah keep doing what i was doing so yeah. um i stayed there and then after i got back to my first duty station i was moved to the wing commander's office and i worked for him H- for a while and then i um then i went to korea i went to south korea and i worked for the usfk headquarters and, um. J3 ops and I got to work in yeah, operations, which meant a little bit of Intel, a little bit of, you know, the IT work that I was doing. Um I got to help run some um operations that we had in country. it was yeah, yeah it was really unique. And um I just I'm very grateful for that time in my life.
0: Yeah. Do you have it like I just I've noticed this. Um that well I'll just give you an example when we were filming the stage race it was probably like 60 percent of the participants maybe more maybe like mm-hmm. 70 uh were military veterans Oh, really? um yes and I thought it was really interesting mm-hmm. because I'm like I mean obviously they didn't know that going in that they were also going to be running with a lot of other veterans, but something is drawing them to do these kind of hard things. Like, do you have any perspective on that or, you know, and I don't want to say that that's always the case, but Mm -hmm. it's just what I've, what I found in that one specific race. But I know, I know ultra running has the, um, kind of, the ability to be a really powerful force in someone's life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't know if there was like, if people think there's like a connection there maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think people who join the military are also a bit adventurous. Um, Yeah. Maybe wanting to test themselves and in some ways. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, going through basic training was like a challenge for most people. Um, yeah. For pretty much everyone. <laughs> it's, it's not an enjoyable part of the whole no. process, you know, and that, you know, if you make it through that, that's something to be accomplished or to feel accomplishment over is like, yeah, you've made it through the eight weeks of basic training where they, you know, kind of abuse you and, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. put, you in, put you in really uh, uncomfortable situations. And I think you learn in that process but oh you're stronger than you thought you were going into it yeah um so maybe there is something there that like just finding out yeah that you're stronger than you think you are and and
0: one also like seeing uncomfortable situations as like a tool for growth Mm -hmm. or whatever
1: yeah oh absolutely yeah
0: yeah Mm -hmm. um just to kind of wrap up so to come back to the film dream Mm -hmm. a team which i'll say again y'all should check it out because it's awesome (laughs) and we'll have all the information about where to find it and how to find it and i know this is a long process and so i know it you know there might not be an availability right away do you know what i mean
1: yeah but we'll figure that out in the future (laughs) (laughs) of like where to find it and stuff but um
0: i think I I would like to hear what you think is like kind of like the main one of the main themes to this or or one of the things Mm -hmm. you learned, not from the process of running Western States, but from the process of this whole project, and then Mm -hmm. finally seeing your story told on screen in this unique way, like what 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 have you learned about yourself or the world like through this process.
1: um. I think what I've learned about myself is that I actually really love connecting with people. And I, I mean, I thought that before, but this process is really showing me that I, I love it. Like I love being able to connect with people and, you know, have them share their stories with me and me share mine with them. Yeah. Um, I think one of the takeaways um, or like one of the messages of the film is that we just need to keep moving forward with intention and and not really dwell on things that happened in the past. You know, they can they can be a motivation, they can, you know, help drive you forward, but like just keep moving forward, you know, and keep doing it with, you know, a positive mindset. As well as I think um another message is just knowing that. Wherever you came from, that doesn't really define you. What defines you is um your actions, what you say, how you treat people, and yeah, and what you do. Uh, I think that is what defines who you are, not where you came from,
0: yeah, no, I love that those those <laughs> are huge messages and <laughs> i feel like i need to just write down everything you <laughs> just said and post it on like my whiteboard at school you know what i mean uh, yeah. uh so that is that is awesome well um Dreema, it was so nice having okay. you on the podcast yeah, thank where you. can people kind of like follow your future adventures and also like probably find information about like the future of the film and like where we're all going to be able to see it and things. Yeah.
1: Like that. Okay. So the film has a webpage. It's um, um, The film also has an Instagram account that the filmmakers maintain. And that is also at dreamateamfilm. Okay. And then I have my personal account, which is just my name at Walton. Um Chad. Weber, the film, one of the filmmakers, he is, uh, Oh, I don't know his Instagram handle, but you can find them all on the dream of team film.
0: I'll link it all on it. too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we're all
1: on Instagram. Uh, awesome. And the webpage will, they update that every time, you know, we get a new screening or.
0: Yeah. And, and like (laughs) I said, I loved the film. I highly suggest if you're into, just the stuff we talk about on this podcast like ultra running and adventure and things like that like in if there's a screening around where you are like i highly suggest going it is definitely worth it it was really really cool and you know what like just last compliment it is high quality like Mm -hmm. they're great filmmakers steve and chad like yeah they are and the the just the filming is super quality and the graphics that they use to show Mm -hmm. the western states like it was just not only was it a wonderful film about like about you and ultra running Mm -hmm. and how that those that like helped someone's life but like it was a great explanation of western states too
1: yeah 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 Yeah. and i'm just so grateful that they are the ones who are telling my story or got to create a documentary that tells my story. Um, because yeah, I didn't I didn't know them prior to, yeah, you know, this project. and you know, they could have put anything out yeah. <laughs> and I would have had to be okay with it. But they put out a beautiful product. and I'm just so grateful that, yeah, you know, they're they're as talented as they are and, awesome. and dedicated. I mean, you know, it was two years of their own time, money, everything, like, yeah, you know.
0: No, that's huge. So yeah, check out all that. Um, you know, all that that'll be in the show notes and and thank you, Dreama, for coming on the podcast. I would be honored to have you on again at some point in the future.
1: Awesome, cool. Thank
0: you. righty, that wraps up this week's episode of Like Bigfoot Podcast. Uh, huge thanks to Dreama for coming on the show. Uh, really, truly, truly, truly appreciated being able to sit down and chat with you uh, after watching your wonderful, wonderful film, uh, DREAMA team. Um, And I'm very excited to see what her filmmaking team uh, is going to do with that in the future. Like I said, it was wonderful, highly recommended. Please check that out whenever you get a chance. Uh, And I'm also excited to see what DREAMA goes after in the future, what she wants to accomplish, what she wants to train for, and things like that. Uh, wonderful person, wonderful athlete, so definitely follow her journey as, as she progresses through the sport and life and all of that. And I think one thing I've been thinking about lately, and maybe we'll get into it more in the next episode, um, but really it's just how important these adventures are in, at least to me, in giving me space um you know i think there's a lot of noise going on all the time um all around us all the time whether it's in our own head whether it's external internal whatever the my brain is constantly going 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 and when i do an endurance event or when i'm out in the desert camping and and running and hiking for an entire week and it's silent and it's just eliminating all these f- different factors of noise, all these different areas of noise, and obviously you can't have that all the time, right? You can't be doing the Western States one hundred twenty four seven, where you're gonna like be able to comprehend this stuff. Uh, most of us can't be going out into the desert for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and, weeks and eliminating all that noise. Like we have responsibilities in life, and, and all of that. Um, and all those things are incredibly important. Um, but I think what it made me realize is just how much of, how much of that external noise is unnecessary for me. Like how much it, of it is necessary? Like you break down what is the most important things in my life? Well, you know, my kids, my wife, my job, like that kind of stuff. Um, and then you start thinking about, well, but then I'm taking on all of these other things and all those other things might not necessarily be the best thing for me and if it's not the best thing for me and it's not the most important thing for me if it's just adding extra noise and it's making me not get the space that I need right like if it's not my kids or my family or my parents or something like that if it's kind of some external noise i'm just letting in through like i don't i mean we always say stuff about social media but I'll say it again (laughs) but if it's like letting stuff in like if I'm just going through social media and I'm letting all this extra noise in and it's not really serving me then why am I doing it right like if it's just extra stuff and it's not the important stuff then why am I choosing to engage in that Uh, when I have all these other really important things that make my life busy but in meaningful and purposeful ways so Um, Thought about that a lot. And as it relates to this episode and dreamless film, um, like I said, I think they show that that internal journey that you're able to get. But I think the challenge is this. The challenge really is how do you go on that meaningful internal journey while you're doing your regular day to day, not while you're doing these big experiences. But how do you bring that in to a regular Thursday? where you're going to work and you're cooking dinner for your family and you know you're chatting with your friends and things like that so i think that's the challenge that's the challenge for me i think that's the challenge for most people um we'll probably try to dive into this more uh during the next episode like i said i'm taking a little bit of time to just collect my thoughts about the atacama Tapic one expedition uh is absolutely mind-blowing experience i'm so honored and lucky to have gone and met all these beautiful wonderful people um, who decided to spend their vacation trekking and hiking and navigating the desert and camping out there and and all of that and it was just beautiful so we'll be back next time and we will talk about that uh but anyways i hope you all have a wonderful week and we will get back at you next time it's gonna be good all right see you